Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. about as tall as these bow legs go. I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> how many has enjoyed the preaching over the last few weeks here? Amen? We've had some awesome pastors and, uh, and uh, speakers, and they're all taller than me, so amen. <laughs> I just don't want it to fall right in the middle, so amen. Well, this has been, um, it's been a crazy week. But a lot of good things have been happening, and let me just backtrack to our pastors that we do got some awesome men and women of God that serve in our pastoral uh, staff here, and they hate to be recognized, and so they hate it, and, but every week uh, we're going to do that for the next few weeks to make sure we get all of them. Just The Bible says that those that labor in the word, they are worthy of double honor, and so that's, uh, that's why we do it. Um, and, you know, what I love about the church is no matter what's going on in the world, you come in here and notice our songs are still about Jesus. You notice the presence of God is still here. We're worshiping God. Why? Because we belong to a kingdom. Amen. We belong to a kingdom, and that's what we celebrate. We celebrate Jesus. How many know that our president, our king, Jesus Christ, is still on the throne today? How many know that? How many know that? How many know that, uh, that your purpose in life hasn't changed? America, we had an election this week, and I know there's a lot of debate still going on, and uh, we need to just, let me just say this, we need to pray for whoever our president is. If it's Joe Biden, let's pray for him and Kamala Harris and the administration, let's, just like we did Donald Trump, just like we did Barack Obama. Come on, church. That's what we're called to do. And if the early church can pray for a dictator in Rome named Herod and honor him and still turn the known world upside down and still have miracles in the power of the Holy Spirit, then we as Americans can do it also because we belong to a heavenly kingdom. Heaven and earth may pass away, but God's word is true. Come on, somebody. Amen. That's what I'm talking about today. That's what we celebrate. Amen. And so our mission statement is still the same. I'm still the church. I'm still called to represent Christ and influence others. My purpose in life hasn't changed. And so we're going to continue to do that, and, and we're going to get through this time and this season and this transition. Hopefully it continues to be peacefully, and we move forward. But our mandate is, is from heaven, and it hasn't changed. Um, I don't want to... That's about it for the political speech, okay? So I, I just want to minister to you from my heart today. It's been a rough couple of weeks for uh, Melinda and I, so I don't want to really preach at you today. I want to minister to you. And uh, we've been dealing with a COVID thing. You like uh, it, it hit our family, and so um, we're here. I'm here. Melinda's home recovering, and... Um, but uh, we've been, I tested uh, negative twice and was feeling good. And I mean, I have cousins in Jackson, Michigan, and my Aunt Carolyn, and they all got it. Uh, we weren't together. It just seemed to hit the, the Markham home, and my aunt ended up in the hospital. She's doing much better now. But um, 
So I had some symptoms. I went and got tested, and that test came back positive. And uh, so I did have COVID, and, um, but I have recovered. I'm about 100%. I'm about 90% now. I'm not contagious. Uh, uh, and so I've went my days. The symptoms are gone, and uh, I got my taste and smell back. So that's a big deal because this is November, and um, <laughs> the greatest holiday known to man is getting ready to come. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. I said, Jesus, come on, Lord, Thanksgiving, you know, I'm about Thanksgiving. A uh, little humor there, but, um, I, but it, it was a scary thing to deal with it, and so I want to show you today how we dealt with it and how we're going to deal with this time of fear and anxiety. So uh, we went to the Bible's 911. Have you learned to go to the Bible 911? That's Psalm 91, if you're taking notes. And I just want to bring you all into a little Bible study with Pastor Eddie this morning. And uh, if you like that fiery, exciting preaching, go to our YouTube channel, look at last week <laughs> uh, or next week. But I just want to minister to you on my heart today from Psalm 91. And I want to title this, uh, A Psalm of Calm in a Time of Crisis. That's what I want to share with you today. Um, before I go any further, there are some announcements that I want you to know that America has been involved in an election, but how many know there's a lot of other things going on in the world today? For instance, Honduras, a church that we love and we have been connected to for many years, that's where we get our coffee for our stream, is from Pastor Alberto. They have just been hit with a major storm, and they are underwater and uh, many of you follow the ministries there online, and you've seen what kind of a situation it is, and it's bad. So the whole month of November, all proceeds from the stream is going to go help them. Uh, and so get you, maybe even today you need an iced coffee. How about this weather? Isn't it awesome? But I want you to know that the whole month of November, we're going to be helping them out. And also, if you support missions, we support those five churches there in Honduras. We need to pray for Pastor Alberto in the Renaissance Church, uh, they are underwater. They've been devastated. Um, Pastor Bertel said the one part of their church that they have their kitchen in, they do an outreach to the community, and they had sandbags around it, and that was all saved. And so that, was, that is awesome. So I just want you to be made aware of that. Also, Growth Track, uh, it's exciting. We've got almost 20 uh, people signed up for Growth Track this, this month, coming up in December, December 6th and 13th. So go to the website, sign up for that. If you're new to the church and you want to learn more about what God is doing here, amen. Psalm 91, let's get into this today. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I love that. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. How many know that there is a common place that everybody understands about God? And then there is a secret place that not everybody knows about. Not everybody uh, dwells there. Not everybody is familiar with. That's why it's a secret. It's a secret place. The psalmist is telling us that this person that knows how to get into that secret place... He will abide under the shadow. The Hebrew word for shadow is protection. Everybody say protection. Protection of the Almighty. This person, in verse 2, the person in the secret place, will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. 
my God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the hunter, from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. We will come back to this. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. That's the unknown. There's a lot of anxiety right now in our world, has been for this entire year. Anxiety comes from the unknown. If you have a bill you have to pay and you don't know how you're going to pay that bill, the unknown creates the anxiety. If your marriage isn't getting any better and you don't know how you're going to fix that marriage, anxiety comes from the unknown. And here the Bible says that if we know how to get into that secret place, that God will protect us from anxiety. And I want you to know, as I begin to get into this, and as you begin to get into this, you will experience the peace of God and the safety presence of the Holy Spirit. And that anxiety will just begin to leave your body. You've got to learn how to do this today. And then he says that you also will be protected from the pestilence. We all know that's a very familiar word this year. He shall cover you with the feathers, his truth. Now of the arrow that flies by day, that is when you see trouble coming. You know what's coming. You see it coming. And you can't do nothing about it. That's what that is. He will protect you from that. Nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness. Nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Noonday is the peak of business. So this is an economic distress or a collapse. He's going to protect us from that. Who? The person in the secret place. A thousand may fall at your right side, 10,000 may fall at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Come on, you got to learn how to say that. You got to learn how to pray that. You got to learn how to believe that scripture right there. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is my refuge even the most high your dwelling place you see that's a choice you've you've made a choice to make him your dwelling place that person no evil will befall you nor shall any plague come near your dwelling and when it does and if it does I'll show you how to get that out for he shall give his angels charge over you this is a common scripture Satan used to twisted it toward Jesus to keep you in all of your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. And now God responds in these last three verses. Because he, talking about us, has set his love upon me. God is saying, because that person has chosen to love me, Therefore, I'm going to deliver him. You see that? You have a reciprocating relationship with the Most High. That's what that is. Because you choose to put your love on me, God said, you know what? I'm going to deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. So even when you get into trouble and when pestilence does come, which it came into our house. This is what we did. We stood on it. And we, the God, God said, I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. 
With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Lord, we thank you for this word today. It's not just a a passage in a Bible, but it is for our souls today. And we thank you for your promise of protection. We thank you for your spirit of calm. Lord, in the middle of crisis this year, it just seems to not end. And these spikes of, of this uh, COVID and fear and anxiety and uncertainty and everything, it just keeps going, Lord. But Father, you have reminded us that you have reserved a place for us to dwell in where you are our refuge and our strength and no fear or anxiety or arrows by day or pestilence by night will reach us. It may come to our right and to our left, but it won't come near our dwelling. And Father, we stand on that today. Anoint my heart today and my mind and my words today and our ears to hear. We pray this today in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, say amen. Amen. You may be seated today. Amen. We will take communion here in just a few minutes. I don't want to be real long today. I know I say that every week. Amen. But... uh, but I do want to just minister this on our, uh, from my heart before we take uh, communion today. Melinda is at home. Uh, she's doing better. She's had uh, some different, uh, she's had some symptoms, but she's feeling much better. She sees her doctor again tomorrow. And so uh, this has just been an ongoing uh, issue that we've had to deal with, but God has brought us through. And what I had to do when this began to happen and uh, hit our family and stuff, uh, there is so much fear and anxiety associated with this uh, virus, you, you know about it, that uh, it's almost like you think you get a death sentence if you get this thing. And um, I'm not minimizing the, the virus. There are people that have died. Obviously, we know that and we see that. But I'm telling you, for me, when, when I had this thing, it just a fear automatically uh, hit me. I have a pre-existing uh, lung issue back in 2017. I had a respiratory bug, which turned into pneumonia. Had a pain in my side. It ended up being fluid in my lung. I had to have surgery. Had to have a pick line put in for 30 days every morning, get infusion in me. It was a horrible nightmare. Uh, I just They couldn't get it out of me. It was so uh, my doctor has put us on uh, zinc and on a couple other vitamins since August because of that. Melinda has high blood pressure. And so I'm just bringing you again into our little Bible study, into our way of thinking here of when this COVID hit. It's like the enemy just attacked us with fear and, oh my gosh, I know we're young, but people still, this is going to happen to you. And I remember I I went to the park and uh, I just, that's one of my spots I go to there and uh, I stayed in my car. Amen. But uh, drove up there and just had to get alone and hear from God. How many know that you've got to learn to get alone and get away from everything and hear from God? Let me say that again. How many has learned to do that? You've got, you got to learn to, 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 you know, when I talked to my, my doctor, uh, and then I went on this live stream uh, medical uh, newscast from U of M, we had pulmonary doctors, which I needed to hear from, and they, they gave a live stream webinar thing there, and they were talking about if you had this kind of lung problem, which I had, this is what you do. Looked into the camera and said, first of all, you need to relax and turn off the news. This is what U of M said. Stay at home, monitor your symptoms. 97% that get the virus will recover. And uh, 3%, I know 3% do die, and one person is too many. I've done two funerals this year. 
uh, related to COVID. I understand it's a real thing, but I just want you to know that the enemy, he operates through fear, and he just come in there and just, just the fear was unreal. I feel like just just curling up in a fetal position and dying. I mean, what, I mean that's, that, that's what this thing can do to you if you let it. So I got alone with God, and I said, God, this is crazy. I don't want to go through this. Man, what, is God, what are you doing? What, what is this year? This is right in the, in the peak of the election was going on. I said, God, look at our world. Look at our country. What, what message do you have? I'm supposed to be this man of God that can hear from you. And, and, and I'm getting in that secret place, God. I want to get into that secret place. And as I got into that secret place, the Lord gave me these, these three words. And I'm going to give them to you. These are my, this is my whole message today. Are you ready? This is what he said for us to do, for me to do, and for us to do in this season that we're in right now. Right now. Are you ready? Stay calm. Stay connected and stay the course. That's what the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. Stay calm, stay connected, and stay the course. That's what God said, Eddie, that's, I, I'm in control. I, want, I need you to stay calm. And it's amazing that when I went on that webinar with U of M and I listened to her, her first words was, stay calm. <laughs> calm, what am I talking about? That's how do you stay calm? You can only stay calm and escape anxiety if you know how to get into that secret place. If you don't know how to get into that secret place, you're going to run to something else. You're going to run to another place. But God is inviting us here in Psalm 91 that there is a secret place of the Most High. There is a place that you and I can get into. What, it's not a, a place that you can physically go out and see. You know what that secret place is? It's a revelation. It's a revelation and an understanding of God, our protector. It's an understanding of how much God does really love you. When you understand and get a revelation of how awesome our God is and how, how big our God is and how in control our God is, you will then be entering into that secret place. I got news for you that fear has no place in the secret place because God takes every square inch of it all by himself with all of his goodness and all of his kindness and all of his love and all of his presence just totally fills that place up. It's a, it's, a, it's a revelation. What helps you overcome temptation is a revelation. Revelation of how good God is. When you really get it, I wish people could get into that place. I, I made it, how you doing in this 2020? Now that we finished at least the first chapter and the big chapter of the election, how you doing? Do you still have your integrity? Do you still have your character? Do you still have your valuable relationships? As I said, your mission statement hasn't changed. How, how well have you? Hopefully you've been able to rise above the rhetoric. You've been able to scroll past some people. You've been able to pray for some people. And, 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 your, and your mission in life hasn't changed. If that is so, that's because you know how to get into the secret place. 2020 is a year that you've got to learn to get into the secret place and stay in there. And learn to retreat into that place. David wrote this during a time of his life where it wasn't much relevant to today. His day, it was very politically divided. His day was filled with hate and trying to overtake his throne, and he had to run and hide in the caves and, and be by himself. I mean, the Bible is totally not like what we go through today. 
But you'll find people all through the Bible, including David, and into the New Testament that people thrived in seasons like this. Why? Because they they learned how to stay calm because they learned how to get into that that secret place. The early church did it with with an evil dictator who would persecute Christians, put them right into the Colosseum and put the thumbs down and they would kill them because of their faith in Christ for entertainment. That's the kind of Rome that the Jewish people lived in in the first century. But yet you read that they turned the known world upside down. Paul the apostle was in prison, in the Roman prisons, the awful places there. But he was able to write, I count it all joy. (laughs) He's able to write that I have learned to be content in whatever season. I mean, we read these scriptures and we think, oh, they're so pretty and they're so... No, no, no. you got to learn that you got to live like that. They're in the scriptures for you and I to imitate, not just admire but to imitate, not just share them on Facebook, but to live out in our everyday life. Come on, church. That's what kind of year that we're in. John the Revelator in Revelations, he's persecuted, and they couldn't kill him, so they put him on an island, the island of Patmos, where the Bible says in Revelations chapter 1 that he was secluded, he was being persecuted, he was all by himself, but yet he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. What's he saying? I was in the secret place of the Most High. I was all by myself. I was put on this island. I had no support. Everyone left me. They tried to kill me. I don't even know where Jesus is, but I know how to find him. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. I need some people today that know how to get into the secret place today. Come on, somebody. Get into the Spirit. And we'll be teaching on Revelations there on Wednesday nights coming up on the seven churches because I believe it's for us today. But that's John. He learned how to get into that secret place of the Most High. you got to learn to get into that. But you have a place that you can go to as a Christian, as a citizen of a kingdom. That is your right that God has made it available for you. And you enter it by faith. You enter it by making a choice. It's a choice. How many times did you see that in Psalm 91? I choose. I chose to say, God, I'm going to believe and I'm going to trust in you. Then I'll move forward to stay connected. Let me just tell you, you got to stay connected to the people of God. Let me tell you that 2020 is a year where you got to learn to stay connected to the people of God. Some people, some people are in your life. I've learned this. Have you learned this? That there are people that are like leaves and people that are like branches. Some folks just stick around for a season. Others are going to be there through the thick and the thin, through every season, through the storm. Those are your branches. Those are people of covenant. Those are people that's going to say, hey, I'm, I got your back. I'm praying with you. And let me tell you, that's the church. Can I tell you something that Joe Biden or Donald Trump is not going to come knock on your door next week and say, thank you for voting for me. Is there anything I can pray for you about? Is there anything that I can read the scripture for you about? Is there, no, they don't even know who we are. They're politicians. We pray for them. We do our civil duty. We vote. But let me tell you, the person sitting next to you and the person in the group chats today, those are the ones that's going to go to their knees for you. Those are the ones that's going to push away a plate for you. Those are the ones that's going to intercede for you. Those are the ones that's going to say, I got your back, brother. Can we sit down and talk about this? What do you need help with today? Someone say, I'm a citizen. That's the mindset that we belong to today. Those are covenant people. I spent a whole series 
on King David. And you see, when he was in the caves of Abdullam, when he was all by himself, who did he have? Jonathan. Jonathan came. A person of covenant. A person of covenant comes into your life and reminds you who you are. Reminds you about your identity. That's who we need is to stay connected to the people of God. Don't you see? That's how the church did it. The church couldn't meet in the synagogues in the book of Acts. You know what they did? They went house to house. And I know we've got all kind of mandates going on right now, but we're going to find a way. You've got to learn to stay connected. I don't care what it takes. I don't care if you've got to wear a hazmat suit and stand in front. I don't care what you've got to do, but you don't retreat and isolate yourself and get all by yourself into that cave of depression like Elijah did and almost lost his soul, his, his whole mission. That's exactly what the enemy tried. How many times do we have to see that same story played out in National Geographic? When the lion comes, he don't attack the herd. Come on, y'all watch it. He looks and he waits to find that one straddling all by himself over here, saying, no one loves me and everyone gave up on me. And that's exactly where the, and I sit there and I watch it happen. And I say, man, I've seen this movie before. What did Peter say? He said, be a sober, be alert for your adversary. Your adversary is like a roaring lion seeking whom he made us devour. Job chapter 1. God, where you been, Satan? I've been roaming the earth looking for these little Roman soldiers all by themselves getting secluded so I can take them out. It's from cover to cover. We're warned about trying to become this independent person and thinking that we can make it through one of the most difficult times. Hear your pastor this morning. You need the person sitting next to you. You need the church more now than ever. The enemy's coming after you. He's coming after your family. He's coming after your faith. He's coming after your whole genealogy if you let him. And the only way you're going to survive it is by Jesus' idea of having this thing called the church. It's his idea. I know I get aggravated sometimes at some folks. The church would be great if it wasn't for some of the people. I mean, that's the way, right? That's what pastors even say. Pastors even say that. Yeah, amen. But what I've learned is that sometimes God uses those very people to grow us. You can't grow or get any, any, any stronger by never having any kind of resistance. One of the things that I hate about this whole COVID is you got to be quarantined. I don't quarantine well. You know why? I was grounded for a third of my life. <laughs> yeah. I got so bad, my dad would say, would you want a spanking or a grounding? I said, Dad, I'll go get the switch. You want to do a switch? I hated grounding. I, I just, that's not me. Please. I was grounded for an entire summer. Yeah. And uh, I hate it. So anyway, I'm sitting there and I was grounded at home recently. And I'm watching this discovery thing, man. And I, and, and I want to share this with you. Have you ever seen these giant sequoia redwood trees? What I love, I love nature. I love outdoors. I've recently picked up a new hobby. Melinda says, you need a hobby. You're driving us both crazy. So um, I got back into hunting. I got me a hunting buddy and he's showing me the ropes how to get back in there. And I love getting out in the woods. I don't care if I even see anything. Uh, I just love being in nature. And uh, what I love about nature is that Romans chapter 1 says it's evidence of God's eternal power clearly being seen 
being understood by the things that are made so that men are without excuse. I mean, it's just amazing. Your Bible says that King Solomon, the wisest man in the world, would sit around all day long explaining the things about God through nature. And people would travel from all over the world to come hear Solomon sit down and be like a Christian plant, animal planet channel. And he would begin to just talk about God in nature. And uh, that is, he has left testimony of himself in nature. I was sitting there watching this, this thing about these sequoia trees. They are, the, they are hundreds of feet tall. They're in California, and we have some of them here in the United States and Northern California. If I would ask you, if you look at this thing, how, how, uh, how big do you think the root system of that monster tree would be? I'm thinking, man, for that to survive, it's hundreds of feet tall. For that thing to survive a storm, it's got to have roots that go down to the core of the earth, right? I mean, they got to go deep, deep down, right? So I, I get a message coming. You better let your roots grow deep, baby. You know, and I'm thinking all like that. And then the guy threw me for a loop. He said, these have the most unique uh, root system in all of the tree world. They are only three feet deep in soil. Their strength, this is how they make it, they are, their roots are intertwined with other redwood trees. And so it's through the uh, intertwinedness in the soil, in the shallow earth that they, watch this, they are strengthened. It is also actually true that if one redwood tree begins to get weak and sickly, that it can draw nutrition from another tree that is nearby because its roots, I feel a message coming, uh, roots are intertwined within each other. And then the guy even said this, in fact, only a redwood tree can supply nutrients to another redwood tree. Come on, somebody needs to see that today. Can it be that some of the most massive, giantest, prettiest trees, as Pastor Stephen told us last week, that the kingdom of God is like a tree, and it starts in you, and it grows? Could it be that God says, I wish my people could have enough sense as these redwood trees to realize that we are stronger when we are rooted together, when we are intertwined with one another? Come on, somebody. Don't you see that? Is that scripture? It sure is. Ephesians says, from him, the whole body is filled and held together by every supporting ligament. Supporting ligament. We're supposed to be supporting one another. Well, they're not supporting me. Well, maybe they're, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. A supporting ligament. And as each individual part does the work, the whole what body grows and builds itself up in love. Isn't it amazing? Look what first John, remember John, he's on the Isle of Patmos. Remember that guy? Look what he wrote about this. You all heard this scripture. He says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all our sin. Now, we love the, the, the second part of that scripture, and it's very true. But look at the first thing he says there. He says that when we are walking in the light as he is in the light, we will have fellowship with brothers and sisters in the light. In other words, the very first things that begin to leave in our life when we begin to walk in a dark place is our brothers and sisters. We begin to cut them off and we begin to not be with them and we begin to walk not in the fellowship of the brothers and sisters. Isn't that amazing how he says that? 
One of the first things that happens when I got saved 23 years ago this month, last week I gave my life to the Lord 23 years ago. It's a celebration. I Every sitting home sick on the couch, I still did my routine and remembered where God had brought me. But I remember when I first got saved, I had some of my friends coming and, and following the Lord. And one in particular, I knew he was doing well because he was there with me every day. He was calling me. We were working together. And I always knew that he was not walking with God when he would disappear. He would go MIA. First thing that went, the first thing that goes in people's life is their fellowship with the brethren. And I know it's hard to keep tabs on one another today in our world. Well, you can do it through social media. But let me encourage you to do that. Reach out to people that you don't see them for a while. You don't hear from them for a while. And, and you may not expect to get a response. Just let them know you're praying for them. People might have gave up on you, but that don't mean you give up on anybody. You need to just let them know, hey, I don't know what's going on, but now that the political year is over, can we be friends now? Come on, can, can, can we now be friends now? We need, why? Because we're that root system, church. You got to have that root system. You know what roots, uh, trees that don't have anyone that they intertwine with is, is the metal trees that you see uprooted every time a storm comes. But I love Jonathan is the man that reminded David of his promises. Secondly, stay connected to the promises of God. That's what the people of God does. Jonathan would say, David, you're going to be king. And my dad knows that. That's why he's trying to kill you. But David, you're going to be king. See, people of covenant remind you of, your, of the promises of God. If you don't have nobody in your life that is reminding you about the promises of life, uh, of God, you're going to end up going into that dark place. You, we need to be told that. We need to be, ha, surround ourselves with people that are going to tell us that. I used to have this saying in youth ministry, if you hang around with wolves, you'll soon start to howl. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I would give our youth and I'd get a table and I'd, put one, I'd put, always put a uh, uh, kid up there on top of the table and then I would have, uh, I'd put a big kid on the table and then I would have a little kid come up and a little kid would grab him, and I'd say, now pull him off the table. And no matter how big that kid is, that little kid could pull him right off the table. But I would then tell that kid to pick him up from the bottom down there and put him on the table with you. And they, would, they couldn't bring him up. Now, my point was this. It's easier for people to pull you off of where God has you than for you to pull them up to where you are. Come on. Come on, youth, youth group. The Bible teaches that from cover to cover, man. You got to watch them, friends of covenant. You got to stay in friends of covenant. When as I was sitting there praying, the scripture, verse four, and this is what I wanted to bring out to you today. The Bible says here in verse four in Psalm ninety-one that His truth shall be your shield. This is how you fight anxiety and fear, whether if it's a COVID, if it's a job, if it's a loved one, if it's this crazy year that just won't end, just on and on and on. Listen, you, you're going to need a shield. I don't know how people are making it today without faith in Jesus Christ. They're not making it. Do you hear the statistics today? They're, they're enormous. From domestic abuse in the homes, just talk to law enforcement. They'll tell you right now. And that's not, we need to pray for our men and women. I mean, there's this, if you don't, know, if you don't have anything to pray about in 2020, you need to get saved. I don't know what to say, man. There's this. Everything you look, there's just like problems. You need a, a shield is what I'm telling you from this because you're human. You can only take so much. And the Bible says right here that his truth is our shield. 
His truth is our shield. This is the only way that we're going to fight against it. And I sat in the park and I said, God, every time I go to use this, that I'm going to be okay and that we're going to get through this, it seems like I hear this voice coming to me trying to bring doubt. You ever have that? You ever be trying to stand on God's word and you hear this voice that says, oh, he didn't answer that one prayer. He ain't going to answer this prayer. Or so-and-so, uh, they never got healed. Or this person. And I begin to have these, these thoughts just come right into my mind, sitting there right there in that beautiful park, having the presence of God with me, listening to my play- playlist and getting all in the presence of God. I heard this enemy. And the Holy Spirit said, Eddie, I want you to go to Luke chapter 11. And I went to Luke chapter 11. Now, this is Jesus overpowering Satan. But God said, I want you to see this is a spiritual strategy that the enemy is trying to do to my people. And this is what he's been doing from day one. And I read in verse 21, and it says this, When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. That's you and me. Putting on the whole armor of God. We're standing strong. We're living in integrity the best that we can. We're living in obedience. We're, we're, we're praying for our enemies. We're, we're suited up. We're in the Word. We're in that secret place of the Most High. But watch what the enemy does. But when someone stronger attacks, overpowers him. Look at this. This is what stood out to me. I couldn't believe it. I about fell out of the truck. It says, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. Holy Spirit said, notice that the enemy didn't, didn't go after his treasure. It didn't go after his loved ones. It didn't go after what he was defending. It didn't go after his spoil. It didn't go after the things that he cared for and the things that he was trying to protect. No, the enemy went after his armor. He went after the things that he was trusting in. He went after the things that he was standing on. The enemy is after our faith. Because our faith is the armor. Our armor is the only thing that will keep our goods safe. And so he tries to attack what we have our faith in. This is what he did in Psalm 91, the very psalm, when he said that the angels will jump off this mountain, Satan said to Jesus, and the angels will catch you lest you dash your foot against a stone. Right There's an example of Satan trying to attack what Jesus was trusting in. But Jesus didn't falter. He said, it is also written that you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. It is also written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You see that today. And I begin to look at that scripture and I said, I gotta take authority over this thing. I begin to remember in my mind the times that God did answer prayer. The times that my dad was in the hospital with his, his uh, heart attack and died with, uh, with a heart, massive heart attack there in Wyandotte. I went back to that, Dad, on that cold January day, 2001, and we were all there. And I remember being down in that emergency room and I remember that whole thing like it was yesterday. God just took me through that whole thing again. And the family next to us just lost their husband. And they're, they're uh, gathered around mom and they're comforting mom, saying, you can live with us, mom. And, and I heard that same voice say, that's going to be you. Your dad's not going to make it. And I remember walking into that room and lo- looking outside and there was a, they had a window you could look into his room. They totally changed that emergency room now, but back then there was these little rooms and you could see a window and I saw my dad and I saw that, that they gave him that medicine and he ended up dying. And I saw them on him and they were hitting him with those defibrillators. And I remember 
it's like life should have just stopped because my dad died. I mean, that's how I felt. You know, when you, when you go through a tragedy, man, you, you don't care who's president. You don't care what the election is. You don't care what's going on when you're car trouble. I mean, it, it, all these things, no matter how big they may be, end up just dwindling away when you end up going through a real tragedy in your life. And that, my friend, is going to determine your level of spiritual maturity if you're able to get into that secret place. I remember I dropped down to my knees on that emergency room in Wyandotte, Michigan. I didn't care who was watching, who was listening. I looked over and the receptionist was answering the phones. They were busy. It was the ER. Life was just going on. But my life stopped right there in that room. And I fell to my knees and I began to rebuke death in the name of Jesus. For he will live and not die. God, you're going to do a miracle. I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're going to do it. And all of a sudden, the guy backed up and said, he's back. We got to tell that story again, Dad. We get that podcast room done. We're going to have that podcast ministry. Amen. Got so much going, I'm telling you. And he was back. And he had a message with a whisper. He looked at that doctor. That doctor looked at him and said, wow, you're back. He goes, yeah, and I saw Jesus. That doctor and two paramedics got into the ambulance with my dad as they took him to Oakwood Hospital, it's now Beaumont, for another special medicine. That doctor stopped what he was doing, got into the back of that ambulance and said, I need to listen to this man's out-of-body experience. And by the end of their ambulance ride, when they got to Beaumont and Oakwood, they came into the family room with tears in their eyes and they said, that was the most awesome experience an ambulance ride I've ever been in because we gave our hearts to Jesus Christ. Dad, with just a whisper, said, let me just tell you, I saw Jesus. And there's a judgment day coming where we will all stand before God and give an account for our life. And you better know Jesus Christ right now. And you can receive him into your life right now. Let me just look and tell you right now, you can do that right now and accept Jesus Christ right into your life right now. No matter what was going on, it all seemed so minimal. They gave their lives to Jesus. Amen. That's what happens when you take authority and you stand on the promise. We sung that song just a few minutes ago. We open our mouth, miracles happen. Amen. You got to take, when fear comes into your life, and it will, and it's probably going to do it before this thing is all over. There'll be times when panic and fear will come in, whether COVID cases are up, whatever happens. You know why I put such a high priority on the Word of God? It's because the Word of God is always true. Mountains may crumble in the sea, and the seas may run dry, but the Word of God will never fail. Come on, stand with me today. I want us to close by taking communion together. And the last thing was simply to stay the course. And that's what communion comes into play is it reminds us, Jesus said, I'm getting ready to leave this earth. Things are going to change. But I want you to practice this communion. Now, this is just an abbreviated part of an entire meal that they would take. It's just juice and cracker. And if you're at home, hopefully you can grab some kind of elements that represent juice and cracker. Cracker they represents the blood of Jesus and the Red represents his body and 
He said, stay the course because Jesus said, when you take this communion, no matter how things turn out in this world, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. And I love this scripture in Isaiah. Let me read it to you right now as you're preparing your communion. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overtake you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flame scorch you, for I am the Lord your God. As I sat there in that truck and I said, God, you're going to be with me through this thing. That COVID began to leave me and I began to develop another pain in my side, just like it did in 2017. I called my doctor. They sent me in for an x-ray. They did blood work to make sure it wasn't that. Test came back. I was all clear. Everything was fine. 14 days now from it. Not contagious. The thing's leaving my body. I'm good. Doctor even said maybe three months you can go with immunity. I like that. They don't even know about that. There's a lot of uncertainty. I know, I know. It depends who you listen to. I know. But one thing I do know for sure, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, come on, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm trying to teach us today how to get into that place. you got to learn to get into that place every day. Let that fear and anxiety just fall away because it's going to be okay. Father, we just take these elements today and go ahead and get that bread out today that represents the body of Christ that was broken for us. Jesus, we thank you for giving your body for us today. You are our king. You are our president, our ruler. And you're still on the throne today and you haven't changed and you still love us and you still have a plan for us. Thank you for the body of Christ that we belong to. For one day, we are going to take this with you again. You're going to lead our communion service. (laughs) One day, we're going to be with you. Father, we remember that right now. We set our mind on things above right now as the body of Christ. We bless this bread today. In Jesus' name, let's take it together. Likewise, he took the cup and he said, this cup is a new covenant and it represents my blood that is spilled for you, for your sins to be washed. Jew nor Gentile, Republican, Democrat, Independent, American, Honduran, no matter where you're from in the world today, I'm dying for every single person. So whosoever will choose to believe in me, put their faith in me, I will forgive them and they can be a part of my family. That's what this represents right here today. Isn't that good news? All of our sins are forgiven. Cleanse us, Lord. Wash us. I pray for healing. Maybe anyone here today that needs a physical healing. Come on, if that's you, just lift your hand up. You provided healing through this Sacrament, God, this practice of the church, and we pray for healing right now. By your stripes, we were healed. And Father, as we take this communion today, I pray, God, that faith will be engaged, Lord, and I pray for healing of your people. In Jesus' name. Come on, take it with faith today.
Can you lift those hands to the Lord today? Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you. You're still in control. Thank you that you are leading us through. Thank you for giving us a a secret place, a place to dwell, that we can be safe. Call us to this place daily, God. Help us to stay connected with the body of Christ. Help us stay connected with the promises that you have given us. Help us, Lord, to stay calm and to stay the course, Father, through this season. Help us, Lord, to shine like never before when we come out of this, Lord. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let righteousness continue to prevail, God, in this, in this place, through our, our world today, God. We're looking for your return, Jesus. We know you are soon to come, Lord. Jesus' name, and we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen and amen.